Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. In for Damon today... Whitey Gleason, thrilled to be with Ray, thrilled to be with you on this President's Day. We were just talking about the NBA weekend. Not so much what did or didn't happen on the floor. By the way, interesting, before we get any further, I mentioned Mike Malone. Michael Malone, outstanding coach of the Nuggets, former Warrior assistant. Here's Coach Malone's view of the All-Star game. You know, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. I mean, I give Joel and B, Kyrie Irving. Those guys were like competing. Joel was imploring some of the guys to play harder, to try to get some defense in, but um, no one got hurt. They put on a show for the fans, but that that is a tough game to sit through. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and to me, what I love about that, Ray, it's not like he's sitting there that's oh, this is terrible. He's just stating it like matter of factly. It's like this is this is a terrible game, and that's the way it is. That's yeah. just the way it is. And it's not going to change. No, I expect he'll get a little bluebird from the league about that. Yeah, if he I think so. Does it? I mean, you know, he's not wrong, but he's also not getting it. I mean, the All-Star game isn't for him. No, but he's a basketball coach. So that's... It, no, no, but it's but it's not for him either. It's not... It's it's for Gail Miller... Well, actually, not even Gail Miller anymore, but Ryan Smith, who now owns the Utah Jazz. It's for players who want to make a little more name than they have already and it's for the network and even the network doesn't get a lot of bounce back from it but it's it's one less week when they have to scramble to see what can we put on tv on sunday by the way shrewd move by the nba for having carl malone out there well played wow good one uh, anyway, what I was going to say... Was, that was a very poor idea. What in the world? My goodness. Somebody had to stop that. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Jazz weren't going to because he is fundamental to their franchise. But the league needed to say, look, sorry, that's not... We You can't do that. Uh-huh. And maybe that turns into an argument. It turns to be into something unpleasant It's in Salt Lake. But it turned out... In to be something a lot more than just unpleasant as it was. No, I I understand that. I'm trying to use my words carefully here. Mm-hmm. And I think the league might have said something and the Jazz pushed back said, we're bringing them out anyway. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a statue of him outside the arena. So they're they're married to this whole nightmare. And I think they would have had local questions to ask if he hadn't been there. And I think they chose, well, this will have to be the league's problem because we don't care. Anyway, as I as I mentioned, uh, we all know that's what the All-Star Game is now. So to anyone who was outraged by it, I don't think Mike Malone was outraged by it. He was just... Uh, Resigned to it. Speaking truth. Yeah. yeah. Was just, uh, yeah. This is the way so, it is. Yeah, we're not spending a show talking about, oh, this, so why do you fix it? No, that's, that's just the way it is. And if you didn't know it was that way, then you haven't been paying attention. But we have been talking about the All-Star Weekend from the standpoint of the commissioner who's been telling us about load management, load management, we got to do something. Then he came out this weekend and said, I don't think it's a problem. I think we're... I, I don't buy into the, the notion that it's a problem. So some response to all that here on the text line, Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. If the first 60 games don't matter, then make them matter. Top teams get a bye weekend. Uh, From the 650, there are a lot of teams that have three and four days off during the season, and the playoffs are ridiculous. Sometimes four days off, I get it. Some is for TV, TV rights, but it extends the season way too much. And then from the 831, Whitey is still a Mac McClung wannabe going back to his youth days. I was never a Mac McClung wannabe because I learned early on I just could not jump. I could do a lot of things. I could not jump, so I could never, never. I didn't even want to be that because I knew I had no chance. That was quite a show. Uh, I'm I'm fine with the days off during the postseason series, Ray, because I think it ensures that, well, at least it makes it more likely that teams are going to be at their healthiest for the biggest games of the year. So I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the whole idea. I mean, load management was not designed to screw the customer. It just happened to turn out that way. That said, this is the time of year when the customer will get more bang for his or her buck. And load management becomes not a benefit to the team's chances of winning long-term because there's no more long-term. There's like eight more weeks a season, you know, Get your stuff in order. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is about now. I know I mentioned before the break that we're going to look at the Bay's future superstars and kind of a where are they now. We still have that coming up. But right now I wanted to address some things going on this afternoon that in some ways may relate to the Warriors. Uh, Lucas shares with me, uh, Ray, the fact that um, Patrick Beverly is a Chicago Bull. Patrick Beverly, who was traded to Orlando, then he was bought out. He was a free agent. I know there were a lot of Warriors fans or some Warrior fans. I know this because I was on with JD uh, doing uh, Warriors this week on Saturday. We were hearing from some Warrior fans that were hoping they'd get Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly, a Chicago Bull. Uh, Kevin Love, a lot of Warrior fans were hoping maybe Kevin Love would find his way here. Russell Westbrook is going to the Clippers. So a lot of Warrior fans were hoping maybe something happens in the buyout market. I guess it's still possible. But another name off the board moments ago, Patrick Beverly is a Chicago Bull. Yeah, that, that'll turn them right around. Um, <laughs> the Bulls have been flirting with missing the play-in entirely. And I don't know that that Pat Beverly changes that much. He's just not worth the trouble anymore. He was a really good defender who could shoot a little bit. And you look at the way he played for the Lakers. And, you know, he's always been a guy that's in some ways difficult to handle. And now he can't really play that well either. So it's like... What's the point? I, there's just no reason for me to have you on my team. That said, good luck to it, the Bulls, but I don't, I don't think he would have helped the Warriors. See, I don't know if he's hard to handle. I just think yeah, his game is is starting to fail him. So I, that's why I don't think 
he helps the Bulls in any meaningful way. I mean, he's not, you know, he he was a guy whose voice could be heard and mattered in the dressing room. But I would agree with that. It's not it's not anymore. It's just you, now he's easier to just switch off. And a guy who can't play and you don't have to listen to is really not an asset. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty significant part of what Minnesota did last year. I think he brought them an element of toughness, but then they moved on. You know, when they got Gobert, they traded him, and then Lakers traded him. So, yeah, I just think he's past his due date. As for Kevin Love, and he's a guy who for years has looked like maybe a nice fit for the Warriors. We know the story about how years ago the Warriors nearly traded Klay Thompson for Kevin Love, but Kevin Love uh, is going to the Miami Heat. And he was looking for someplace, Ray, as you probably know, where he would get minutes, where he could play. And he would get a consistent um, spot, a spot in the rotation. And the Warriors really couldn't offer that. I don't know if the Warriors had any interest, but if they did, it was clear that that was not something they were willing to offer. Kevin Love, he's not playing as well as he used to either right now. No. I mean, well, he's old. Yeah. I mean, that happens. But Miami also had more money to offer than the Warriors did. And they need a four in the worst way. He might end up starting for them, which is a you know a pickup of some value for them. So I think they were willing to do more to get him and made a much harder sale than anybody else did. Yeah. But if you can sell, look, we can pay you more than anybody else, given the the structure of the, of the league, and we have starters minutes. Warriors didn't have starters minutes for him. Nope. I think if you're the Warriors, you look at it right now, and he would maybe give us what we're getting from Jamichael Green. We hope we can continue to get from Jamichael Green. So it's not like there was, oh, yes, Kevin, come in. We'll give you this and this and this. It just wasn't there. So it didn't make sense. Uh, if you're Kevin Love, I don't think he'd even consider it. He'd have gotten more minutes than Green. You, you, If you're going to make the effort to get... Kevin Love in here, they'd find a way to get him 20 to 22. But I don't think they wanted to. I don't think they well, felt a, any need to do that. Well, I don't know if they felt any need or whether they just got outbid. I don't know. I don't. There's. We don't know for sure if they were interested at all. He hasn't been playing well this year. He hasn't been shooting well. And an aging, no, dating Kevin Love is not shooting well, you know, and he doesn't defend well. That's the other thing. You know, that's the biggest problem with this team right now. He wasn't necessarily going to help you at that end either. So, yeah, no, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that they did make a big play for him. But if they did, they wouldn't have had the best package for him. So it was a moot point from the start. And how about Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers? I have nothing against Russell Westbrook. I'm all, When he's done playing, I'm going to look back and miss the way he always played so hard, but I don't think I would ever want him on my team because he's stubborn and he takes bad shots. And the Clippers, we may disagree on this, Ray. To me, the Clippers look like, alright, they're close to putting something together here. Kawhi and Paul George have been playing together more. I like the guys that got Highland and Plumlee, and there was, who else did they get? Uh, there was one other, uh, Gordon. And then you're going to add <laughs> you add Russell Westbrook to that? I don't understand that. Good luck to him and to them. I don't understand it at all. It depends on whether he will accept how they want to use him. And they claim they talked to him and he's on board. Well, I about think all it, that. Well, I think he probably is on board given the fact that Utah just bought him out. So he didn't really have a job. Um, he what, does get a chance to stick it to the Lakers. Although sticking it to the Lakers is almost beneath the Clippers at this point. But is it beneath Russell Westbrook? It might be, but, well, one, I don't know if the Clippers... Uh, Clippers might play the Lakers one more time. I'm not sure. But the Clippers are fifth. 
The Lakers are 13th. Yeah, but if you, you know, the Lakers still envision themselves as a team that can make some noise. Oh, they can envision themselves as anything they want. But for seven of the last nine years, they haven't even made the playoffs. So, enough. No, you mean, well, you mean, you're talking about the Clippers. I, oh, yeah. you want? Yeah. I'm no, I was, the, ta- I was talking about the Lakers. Okay. Lakers have missed the playoffs seven of the last nine years? Oh, yeah. They've been wow. awful for like a decade now. Wow. They had that. They had the one bubble title, which they get full credit for. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, they've been a shambles. They've wow, been I guess you're right. Brutal. Yeah, I apologize. Sure. Yeah. God, damn well right. I apologize. <laughs> My apologies. Oh, I almost, I almost said yeah. bad things on, on President's Day. Although, in fairness, that's the best day to say bad things, given the... Given the level of presidencies we've had. Yeah. I bet you, which president would you guess? No, I won't. A, I, that, no, that, swore the most. Hmm? Which president swore the most? Oh, it's a tie between all of them. <laughs> I mean, Lyndon Johnson didn't mind. Oh, yeah, there you go. Based on what we think we know, that's a good answer. But I'd, but I'd be willing to guess that. Barack Obama could turn the air blue pretty well. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the guy who followed him uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. Um, I'm yeah. sure Biden will really? drop the eye. Oh, absolutely. What about like going way, way, way back? Thomas Jefferson and those cats. It, it, they, they all swore. <laughs> they, they were all foul-mouthed animals. <laughs> anyway. Um, I mean, all I know is if they moved next door to me, I'd sell the house. Really? Oh, they're all awful. Okay, okay. Uh, I know Ray is an anarchist, so he doesn't even recognize President's Day. That's why he's working today. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Where does this? What does this all mean for the Warriors? They didn't get Patrick Beverly. Okay, he's President's going to what President's yeah. Day? What does that mean for? <laughs> no, not that so much as the movement, the player movement in the buyout market. They didn't get Kevin Love. Did they even want Kevin Love? We don't know. A lot of Warrior fans were hoping something might happen there. Uh, Westbrook's going to the Clippers. So where does this leave the Warriors? All they got was they bring in Gary Payton second, who's going to be reevaluated in another freaking month. So how do they get to where they want to get to? Is Charles Barkley right? I ask you again. Are they cooked? I, like I said, you can you can feel the heat coming off the stove, but they're not cooked yet because their big trade, their big buyout addition is going to be Stephen Curry. Huh? You you just have to look at it that way. They're getting a guy that they haven't had for a month. But even when they had him, they weren't you know they weren't playing well, it, the best basketball in the, the conference. It's the best chip they've got. I mean, they are profoundly limited in what they can do in terms of roster changes. You know, they married, they married themselves to this two-track idea that has largely failed. At I least agree so with that. Far. Because at least one of the guys that you thought was your bridge to that future is like, I mean, he's literally not even here anymore. He's a so. piston. Yeah. Um, Jordan Poole is still is good but erratic. Do you see him as part of the timeline plan too? Two timeline plan? I, I, I genuinely would. I, would. I, I I honestly believe no. I honestly believe at some point by the time that the, the second track is supposed to be fully operational, he will have hit, been here for seven years. And I think there will be a point where he just says, you know what, I want to see what else is out there. And I don't know what the Warriors will do about that because in three or four years not only will Curry not be here anymore, or Green or Thompson, I don't believe Kerr will be here, and I don't believe Myers will be here. I don't think Myers will be here next year, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, that may and that may well be true. I just think 
in three or four years, this franchise is going to be radically different. And probably not for the better. And you don't see Pool as part of that next foundation? I don't know, because I, I don't know who's making those decisions. But right now, he has the feel of Monte Ellis. He was a better player than people gave him credit for at the time, but he was surrounded by the records. But you know I don't know the that... Bucks, you know the Bucks could have had Curry or Monte Ellis in that trade. Yes, I do. Yeah, and they, they said, hmm, that Curry guy's getting hurt all the time. Give us Monte Ellis. Well, at the time, they were right, because Curry was hurt all the time. His ankles were styrofoam. But I don't know that you can thrive if Jordan Poole is your best guy. And I think at some point, whoever is going to have to make that decision is going to make it. What can we get for Poole? I think that's going to be a pivotal decision. Because if it is someone other than Bob Myers, if you're going to continue to see Jordan Poole as a foundational piece, he doesn't really, he does, he's not a great fit for the way Steve Kerr likes to play. He's very talented, and they're, they haven't won as many games as they'd won if, if it hadn't been for him coming in and scoring as many points as he scored. But at times, he's a ball stopper. He doesn't defend very well. He's still very mercurial. He's up, he's down. I think if the Warriors want to continue continue on this path that they're on now, maybe they trade him in the offseason. If, on the other hand, there are going to be some of these seismic changes that you've hinted at, then maybe then yeah, maybe then it's like, yeah, this is the guy that we're building around. So I think that'll be really fascinating to see what kind of future he has with Well, I mean, there are going to be seismic changes no matter what. I mean, the rule of thumb for coaches, unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, is you got about a decade in one place. Then you got to start. Then you got to move on. Would you agree with me on this? The old adage, and I think it was originally Branch Rickey. Then we know Bill Walsh adopted it too, as many others did. You're better off trading somebody a year too early than a year too late. To me, that's true, except in the NBA, because if you have someone who's really a great, truly a great player, not somebody who's pretty good, but a great player, they're so rare. A difference maker of that pedigree to me in the nba you hang on to him as long as you can it depends on who it is and i know that's dodging the question but it's true the warriors can never let stephen curry go anywhere right but they could find a way to justify letting clay thompson go at some future point yes. Not now i'm talking about but i think with clay future. even clay who's so important to you if you make that decision to me you don't do that unless you get to the point where you realize okay he's He's not quite as good as he used to be. It's not a matter of, all right, we'll get. He's hey, values high. Guys like that, you hang on to them until you, you know, know that you, they're you, not that guy anymore. But you know, you in the NBA, yeah, unless somebody comes in and says, you know what, we'll do the deal. You can have Victor Wembanyama. They'd move Thompson for that. Damn right, they wouldn't move Curry. Everybody else is. I mean, and that's sort of how Hard I to imagine someone proposing that, but I don't. No, I don't either. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the scenario I construct when somebody says, "Who's untouchable in this league?" I mean, the Lakers would not move. I don't think they'd move LeBron James for him. Um, I don't think Milwaukee would move Giannis. Everybody after that, they'd absolutely go for it. I think with whoever they had on their roster. But those guys are both iconic players who've won championships. And those guys are yeah. very, very rare. That's what I'm well, saying. Those, yeah, when you have a guy like that, saying. it's not better to trade him a year too early. You want to make sure you get everything possible out of them. Tim Duncan, whomever, Jordan, no, whomever. No, but there's a point at which he's too important to you philosophically. 
because you don't want to be be looked at as the team that got multiple parades out of a guy and then you just discard him. I mean, because not only free agents look at that and go, well, they don't care about me. The fan base does. And this fan base has invested an awful lot of emotion in Curry over the years, which is why I don't think they could move him even if it was you know, to Victor Wembanyama's. It just, Curry is here for the duration. Unless he says, get me out of here and get me out of here now. If you were Draymond, would you opt in next year? Um, and I think it's, uh, I'll look it up. I think it's 26. I could be wrong. I think I would look around, but I'd be prepared to do so because I don't know where the home run offer is going to be. Because one, the punch threw a monkey wrench into his value. And two, the way he has played his entire career suggests that when he finally starts to decline... 27-5, by the way. Thank yeah, you, Mark. It's going, to be, it's going to be fairly swift because he takes beatings on a regular basis. And guys like that, they may play 12 years, but year 13, there's a precipitous drop, or 14, whatever. Um, and I think he might well find that even with a little bit of a financial haircut, He's better off here than anywhere else. If you're Draymond, and I'm not saying you are, are you more likely to leave if Bob Myers is not around? I think he is. Um, no. I don't think Bob Myers leaving is going to affect anybody's insistence on leaving. If Myers goes and Kerr goes with him, yeah, you might see something different. But yeah, but Myers, as admirable and likable as he is, is still just the general manager. Let's get a call in here, 888-957-9570. Pat in Foster City on 95.7 The Game. Pat, you're on with Ratto and Whitey. What's up? Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, you know, I've been reading a lot in the Kron and hearing online about, you know, you can't use the strategy that the Warriors did. You can't have a championship and, and then build for the future at the same time. And, you know, personally, I'm not buying that. I, I think there's a difference between strategy and execution. I think the strategy could work. But if the execution is terrible, it's not going to work. So imagine that the Warriors had used the last three draft picks on Ball, Scotty Barnes, and Halliburton. Same picks as we had, basically, just a spot different, maybe. I think we'd have a lot different conversation now about can you build for the future and win at the same time. I think you can do it. You just have to be smarter. You have to have a draft like we got Green and Thompson and Curry or you know, are closer to that than what we ended up with. So that that's my take on it. I think you can do both, but you have to be smarter and maybe a little luckier with the draft picks. That's, I'm curious about your guys' take on that. But gotcha, Pat. That's, that's Thank you. My take. Thanks. And by the way, and, and yeah, I understand your point. Agree with your overall point. Ball and Halliburton actually were the same draft, and then Barnes I think was gone before the Warriors picked. But I understand what you're saying, and that's been but, Ray. I believe that's been Joe Lacob's plan. Joe Lacob has said you can do both, and they try. It's not easy, and it looks like right now they're not pulling it off. But he believes the same thing Pat believes, which is you can do both. But they also believed that they absolutely had to have a big guy. You know, not one that was going to be ball dominant, but somebody who could, you know, sh change shots, you know, block shots, rebound, defend. And 
the year that they took James Wiseman, there were only other three other centers in the draft, and those three have played fewer games, career games, than Wiseman has. So there was nothing to be gotten there. You cannot draft for the distant future when you're talking about we've got guys who can still win championships. You need to get guys who can help you immediately. Now, Halliburton would have been well worth the gamble. Barnes, maybe. I mean, he's still not a. He still wouldn't be a a, a big presence in the middle, even though he's six nine. Yeah, but I think but, he was picked before they they, they picked Kuminga. Well, well, but we'll no, he, okay, yeah, but yeah. we're yeah. we're playing out his scenario, right? Right. But I don't know that that ball was going to help them. He, he's one more ball dominant guy on a team that already ball, has you ball have, dominant you guys. Have pool. But we'll get back to James Wiseman and whatever happened to the. Uh, Bay Area's future superstars. That's next. Damon and Ratto, Whitey and for Damon. And we are brought to you by Mitsubishi Motors. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. In for Damon today, Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason. With your permission, Ray, I'll be back with you tomorrow. What if I said no? Fine with me. <laughs> You'd come anyway, though, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you would. I probably would just, you know, ask you to reconsider. 
but ultimately, uh, I think. Well, I, I don't have I, any. I, I, I don't be okay. I don't have any power on this. You okay. show up and. All right. That's the deal. We'll do it then. So you didn't have to say with your permission. You being um, kind of the prince of, of bleakness, not, not really the prince of darkness, but the prince of bleakness. Which of these two rather bleak scenarios do you think is more likely? Steph Curry. Um, writing out his career with the Warriors. They're a bad team, kind of like um, you know Kobe did with the Lakers, where they just, this season's all about bye-bye Kobe, and they were terrible, and Kobe had his big night to end his, his illustrious career, but they didn't win much. Or Steph saying at some point late in his run, you know what, this thing isn't going well. You guys should trade me and get something of you. So which of those two bleak scenarios do you think is more likely? Steph riding it out on a bad warrior team or Steph deciding it's time to send me somewhere else so you can get something of value back for me? Uh, he wouldn't put it that way. Well, however he put it. No, but I mean it matters. He's not going to He's not going to be an altruist about this. He's going to go, you know what, I, this is no fun playing here. You know, f find me another place. And at that point, you know, maybe they do it, but it's not going to be because, hey, maybe you can get something of use for me. It's give me a place where I can play the way I used to play. Okay, you're cleverly dodging the question by trying to find a flaw in my premise, but be that as it may. <laughs> yeah, it Go wasn't on. that clever. It was pretty obvious, actually. But well, no, yeah, it wasn't meant to be clever. <laughs> I was trying to point out to you that Stephen Curry is not taking any more hometown discounts. Okay, forget how it happens, but either Steph going somewhere else and the Warriors getting something of value for him, regardless of what Steph thinks about it, or Steph riding out the end of his career on a not very good Warrior team. I think the likelihood is he'll stay here because, one, there's still a $59 million payoff the last year. Two... Being able to say that you put in all your time in one place, um, it just looks better than if you go, well, maybe I can get some time in Indiana. Better for the brand or better for his brand? Which brand is better, it better for, for him, whether it's the brand or just himself? I mean, there are very few players who get to camp out in one place their entire career. I mean, almost no one does it. That's a monument right there. Um, secondly... I don't see if he's in decline why he would want to go decline on another team. I mean, he's he still is playing with house credit here. For Presumably all it would be perhaps a team that he felt he had a better chance of continuing to win with. So that would be the, the answer to your question. Why would he go there if he thought he could win there and couldn't win here? Well, but if he was in decline, could he help another team win? Because he'd still want to play 35 minutes a game. I and think he's always going to be a pretty good shooter. Well, we don't know that, first of all. Well, and I think it's so. You can, and secondly, you can take it to the bank. And secondly, part of his shooting skill is his ability to get to a place quickly and getting the shot off quickly. That may be one of his diminished skills. But all other things being equal, I think he would prefer to stay here and ride it out. Yeah, I would now, guess so. It may, it, that may change if they become really awful and now he's playing for a coach he doesn't like and a general manager he doesn't respect. At that point, sure, it changes, but... It's hard to see him going anywhere else for any reason, really. It's hard to see the Warriors letting him go unless so they're they forced into a corner. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago I used to throw this question out to when I was filling in. I may have even asked you. I know I asked Dibs. The question was, and this was a year ago, two years ago, over the last couple of years, hey, who's going to end up with the better career? Which Bay future superstar is going to have the better career, ultimately? 
Joey Bart, James Wiseman, or Trey Lance. Right now, eh. you nailed it. <laughs> you just drilled that one. Uh, I, is Joey Bart the answer? I, I don't I don't know. We know that um, uh, his manager and his general manager went to him recently say hey, that nothing is guaranteed, but you look at that roster, I would still think they're counting on him to be their starting catcher. Uh, but James Wiseman gone now. People on the text line weighing in about how the Warriors did him wrong. And Trey Lance, you know, obviously he got hurt, but even before that, underwhelming. So I don't know, Ray. Forget the answer to that question. Do do, do Bart and Lance even have futures here in the Bay Area? Bart has a future because they don't have an alternative unless you believe that Austin Wins is going to suddenly catch fire. Roberto Perez, they just picked up Roberto Perez. Outstanding defensive backstop in the past. Oh, that's because that's what you're after. You know, one one more. It's more important now because of the rule changes. Yeah, but but I'm with you. I agree with you. Yeah, the, I mean, it just, Lance. They need him. The Giants need Joey Bart this year. Yeah, they do. They may not get him, but they they're playing with a thin enough margin that they need something from. Him. They can't be happy with him as their nine hitter. Because that means that he's not going to make enough contact. And even though he's a better defensive catcher than he was, he's still not, I think, for their purposes, adequate. And Lance, who the hell knows? You know, I think based on the notion that somehow um, Kyle Shanahan has to make a decision in February, he'd probably, you know, list... You know, Purdy is a starter. And if he's a starter, then the only way Lance is going to play is either if Purdy stinks or he gets hurt. What did you think of Trey Lance's explanation for his tweet that seemed to suggest he wanted out and wanted to go to Tennessee? I think people were running with nonsense. I didn't buy it. I think he was, again, thought we were stupid. It's pretty clear what he meant there. And maybe he had second thoughts, maybe he didn't mean it. But, I mean, come on. I was just backing my guy. I want, I think he probably was and didn't give a lot of thought to what the blowback would be. Well, why would you put crossed fingers crossed emojis for a guy's hiring? And like, oh, I hope he does well. He well just, I wish him well. I don't know. I, I will tell you this. Anybody who speaks emoji is illiterate. Well. And you, you don't know what the emoji meant. And it's not like he thought he could go there. The, the the 49ers aren't trading him. No, I know. I In my opinion, he clearly was expressing, man, it'd be nice to go there. That's fine. And he has to, you know, back off. The, no, no, that's not what I meant. It's not a big deal. But to me, you know, if you say, oh, no, that's not what I meant. I'm not buying that. But a, a no harm, no foul. Ultimately. Well, if he's, if he's that miserable, then we'll find out soon enough. But I don't think he's got the leverage to be able to complain on Twitter. So I think he was. Okay. I think he overreached. Be that as it may. So Joey Bart, Giants need him this year. Trey Lance, he'll get another shot. We know that. We think we know that. James Wiseman, bye-bye. The Warriors just uh, couldn't afford to have more patience with him. Well, they chose not to have more patience. I mean, they could have afforded whatever they wanted. But I, Technically, yes, but they, it would have been financially very risky to pay him $12.1 million next year times a luxury tax and then hoping that maybe at some point he becomes the player we need him to be when you've got so many other players that you have to pay and you're so far into luxury tax. Well, the fact is they didn't see an exit strategy for him. They they 
they tried to figure out a way to make him useful. And for whatever reason, either he didn't deliver or they couldn't see it, uh, they failed. They didn't fail him because he's still in the NBA, but they failed to get much value out of that pick. So... Oh, by the way, on the text line, you and I don't have the cojones to call out Kerr for stunting James Wiseman's growth. And I mentioned that. Now, I know you're going to get upset, but I just, it's amazing how many people feel that way. Not that Ray and I lack the cojones to call out Steve Kerr, but just so many people feel like the Warriors did him wrong. If it wasn't for the way the Warriors handled him, he would have been great, and he's going to be great in Detroit. And the bottom line is, when James Wiseman had his chances to play, which were few and far between because of injuries which he couldn't control, when they put him on the floor, he was not very good at all. Period. That's why they didn't play him. Yeah, what, what's, what's, the, what's the Wiseman magic that this guy must be alluding to? What exactly has he done that they have seen that makes them convinced that I'm going to play that side of it, okay? I'll play that side of it. Okay. Didn't you see his first game with the Pistons? He hadn't played, what, his fourth game since Christmas, new place, new team, and he has 11 and 5. Come on. 11 what? and 5. 11 and 5. He hadn't played since, I think he made six out of eight shots, whatever it was. How do you not let a guy like that continue to blossom? Every time you put him on the floor, he scores a few points, he shows he can shoot, but then if he makes one mistake, Curry yanks him off the floor. I don't understand why you can't let a guy like that grow because he's going to be the next David Robinson. That's what I see, Ray. That's what I think some people see. Well, I don't know why, but that's okay, what I well, see. Well, first of all, they didn't see that. They're guessing at it. And anybody who says they did see it is either a liar or an idiot. And secondly, well, maybe they're just wrong. No, you know, no, no. Can, that doesn't mean no. Those are the choices. Those are the choices. <laughs> it's time to stop babying this stuff. Secondly, they're up against it tax-wise. Yes, yes. And that's that was my point. You know, and you know, it's not like Kerr said, "Banish this player from my kingdom." Myers was in. Myers signed off on it too, and quite clearly, Joe Lacob did. See, I know because you, Joe Lacob wasn't looking at James Wiseman saying he's going to be worth ninety million dollars in tax next year. I know they would, it, yeah. you're, you're trying to put a dollar sign on the muscle, and that's an old baseball scouting term from way back in the day. They're trying to figure out is James Wiseman worth it to us on the floor and financially, and that's the world they're living in now. They used to be able to spend like drunken sailors and never mind about the tax. But Joe Lacob has finally seen what his comfort limit is. I know you and Damon talked to Coach Kerr about this. And I know you've been over it and over it. And I appreciate you talking with, with me about it now. Some of these things you've already discussed. But you guys had the interview with him. And to me, the problem for Coach Kerr there is, and this is what coaches do, and he's very bright and he can handle it, but he couldn't give you the real reasons. Right? So so he had to come up with things that are partially true. Well, we just couldn't get him on the floor. Well, you got the other players on the floor. Yeah. The thing was, A, he wasn't very good, and B, we needed to save money. But you can't say that. You don't want to denigrate the player, and you don't want to be up front with the fact that finances had a lot to do with this move because it's not a good look. But that's where it is. Well, I mean, that's part of it. It's all part of the thing. If, if James Wiseman was, in fact, contributing... 
they had a bit of hole in their lip and they'd have kept him. They would have just said, you know what? There's And that's there's, what they wanted. They wanted him to put them in that position. Yeah, and he didn't. And I'm a big believer in you don't get given playing time, you earn it. And unless you think that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are stupid, you have to assume that they know what they're looking at and they know what they're looking for. And in Wiseman, they did not get enough of either. So they made the calculated choice to get out from what was looking like it was going to be a colossally bad investment. Did they get any help for him? Not in the short term. Maybe not even in the long term. Hmm. But if Weissman can't play, he can't play. And no amount of dressing this up is going to change that. And we won't know if James Wiseman can be what these people think he's going to be until he's starting somewhere in the NBA and playing 35 minutes a game. Because that's what they're projecting. I don't know how you can criticize Steve Kerr for the way he handled Wiseman um, when they won a championship last year. They, that's, what you're, that's the ultimate goal, and few teams do it. And they won a championship. And this year, they tried to get James Wiseman on the floor early in the year. They wanted him to play and develop and play well, and he didn't play well. So that's not, that's not on the coach. Some of it is bad luck. As I said, we know that James Wiseman, he was injured a lot. He just couldn't play. The ultimate mistake was in misjudging how raw he was when they drafted him, right? And again, it was a swing for the fences. We've got our aging core, as we've discussed, and we're going to have to replace some of these guys at some point. Well, we have the second pick in the draft, which we never get. So we could pick a guy we think is a pretty safe bet to be a pretty good player, or we could pick a guy who could be, who has a chance to be a superstar. That's the guy we need to take. They picked him because of the pandemic and a few games he played. Did take long before they realized... He's just not that guy. So it was time to move on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know how to dress this up any other way, except that nobody knows what James Wiseman could have been here because he didn't show it when he played, and he missed twice as many games as he played in. Um, the truth is, they took a gamble on a guy who was incredibly young, and they wanted to... And fashion- raw. And raw. You're right. And they wanted to fashion him into a center of their liking. And the Warriors used their center different than a lot of teams. Secondly, they took him in a year where there were almost no big guys. So your chances of hitting a home run in a real thin market is even great, diminished more greatly. Another, um, another part of that, to your point, was that Looney was coming off a year in which it looked like he might not be able to play anymore with neuropathy. And all of a sudden, it's like, we don't have a center. And we've got this guy who could be a great center, and he's available with the second pick. No, they, no, no, they gambled in a, in a bear market, and they lost. Yep. You know, and I don't think it was because of malfeasance. I think it was because they needed him to be useful faster than he was. How much damage do you think that does to them ultimately? They gambled, they swig and a mess, now where are they? If Weissman doesn't turn out to be any better in Detroit or his next stop after that than he was here, they, they've missed nothing. If all of a sudden he turns into a force, then you have to decide, well, is, the, is he the kind of force who would be a supporting cast member or is he a ball-dominant guy? Because he couldn't be a ball-dominant guy here. The Warriors don't have centers that do that. They don't believe in it because 
that's Kerr in his years in Chicago saw ball dominant center. No, we don't. We have got ball dominant guys on the wings, and that's Our center needs to be a facilitator and above all needs to defend. Defends rebounds is not a facilitator, shots. and he doesn't defend well. So, well, not yet. The point is, the Warriors basically they chose to run out of time. I mean, time was getting short anyway, and it was Fisher cut bait. And the fact that they got to move him at all, given his very limited resume, is really kind of a surprise. Because I don't know what Detroit sees in him. They already have three other centers. So what are they getting out of him? What are they going to turn James well, Wiseman into? Other centers into? are actually better than him, or have been. So, well, yeah. what are they going to turn Wiseman into then? Or are they going to get rid of those other centers? And remember, the guy they won in the draft is a center if they get lucky. Yeah, at the jackpot. Well, I mean, some say he could be a four. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. But you know, the Warriors, you know, they gambled with pretty hefty odds. High risk, high reward. Well, we don't know what kind of well, we know what kind of reward there was, but he needed to be a center who wasn't going to amaze you in the box score. He was going to have to be sort of a younger, more agile version of Andrew Bogut. And I will say this. Some people at the time pointed out the way the Warriors use their centers, the way they go out and find guys that fit their system that are maybe undervalued in other places. Zaza, I mean, they got Azili. I know they drafted him. They bring in Bogut. Given that that's the way the Warriors approach the center position, why would you spend the second pick on that guy? Because that was the pick they had. Yes. I mean, were you going to trade down 10 spots and then not have a big guy? Just not use that pick on a center because the type of center you get well, it to is not the type of center that the Warriors typically employ. Then who are you Who are you taking there? If you're not going to take Ball and Edwards is already gone, you taking Patrick Williams? I told you at the time I would have traded down and gotten Halliburton. That would have been what I would have done. That's what I said at the time. And I know, you know, I certainly was wrong about last year, but that's what I said at the time. Oh, no. Well, Halliburton, Halliburton would have been sensational, but he would have been duplicative for them. That's the problem with Halliburton on the Warriors. That's a that's not a nice thing to say about a guy. He's an all star and everything. I mean, come on. No, he's a sensational player because he got a chance to the play know, a on a team that didn't have a guard and then got traded to another team that didn't have a guard. I know. So he got two great situations to show how good he is. James Wiseman did not get into a great situation, and he didn't come up big to overcome, you know, the judgment that had to be made. Ray, the one thing I'll say about the Lamelo conversation they should have drafted Lamelo if they'd done that and I didn't think they should at the time and I can see how now you'd say maybe they should have but if they did there's no way Poole is the player that he is now if they drafted Lamelo true I would rather have Lamelo now than Poole but you can't assume that you'd have Poole and then you'd have Lamelo and everything would be great because they would have canceled each other out to a degree or they would have been duplicative why to do you a, to hate, an extent? Yeah, why do you hate big words? I just had it's not I don't know that I've ever heard that word before. I understand it was like duplicative. That's a new one. Thank you. <sighs> duplicative. I didn't know that word. You did know the word. Don't mock me. I'm not mocking you. I understand it. I'd never heard someone say that before. It's a okay. great word. It's a hell of a word. It is. I'm learning. Good. Let's see. I used it correctly. Yeah, and then you maybe you can use it at the uh, Major League Baseball All Star Game when all your relatives come back again, and you can swindle them out of more money. Maybe so. Maybe so. Is there anything about Joey Part Joey Bart that will be duplicative this year, or will he be better than that? You used the word wrong. That I know. Time. I know. Um, 
Right now, he's projected to hit ninth. That's not promising. Uh, if he is what they thought he was going to be, he'd be hitting fifth or sixth. Maybe higher. Maybe he'd be, you know, a posy type. But right now, there is no indication that that's who he is. Um, you know, he spent the first half of the year not making much contact and striking out a ton. He got better at that as the year went on. But I can't look at it now and just say, well, yeah, they, they need to bat him fifth just because they have to hope he hits. You got you to gotta earn your place. And right now, as near as I can tell, he looks like a nine-hitter to me. So of those three, Bard and Trey Lance and Wiseman, which will end up being the best of the three, I've always, I've always said uh, Trey Lance, and I'm sticking with that because he's the quarterback, the quarterback factor. And the other two... Um, have struggled. I know he struggled too, but he's going to have an opportunity here still. I think the 49ers would still love for him to say, yep, I'm that guy that you drafted. I think he's going to have a chance to prove that. And I don't think Bart is that guy, and I don't think Wiseman is and Trey Lance. Maybe. Well, here's that, the thing. That's, that's my guess. Albert Breer last week of Sports Illustrated said that, I guess he talked to some people in the 49er front office, and they said they're not crazy about his throwing arm. And they're surprised that he's not a better runner. Well, if he's not as good at those two things, what do you got? So I'm not counting him. That is very long. I admit, That's yeah, very I mean, sobering. Just, yeah, the two skills that we want a quarterback to have, he doesn't have them as much as we thought he did. I mean, if you want to, I mean, there's your Wiseman comp. You know. Took a guy way ahead of where he probably projected based on experience. And they're finding out that you can't make up for experience. Do you mean, and maybe you don't know because you didn't say it, but do you mean that his arm strength they're not as pleased with? or it, they, they The just, running skill I can see because maybe he's not his, as elusive. He, he, oh. he phrases it, okay. his throwing. That okay. could be accuracy. That could be depth. That could be... You know, there are a number of things about throwing a football that make it a more complicated thing than oh he can throw 70 yards so huh. like they're clearly not as satisfied with it as they were and frankly when he was healthy they weren't interested in playing him either so so which one of the three is going to end up being the best player you said Bart, Bart. you said Bart yeah uh, speaking of baseball coming up baseball's new rules they kind of worry me and they make me think of John Wooden actually Ray that's coming up next you uh, always think of John Wood. Not, not always. And it's creepy. It's Damon and Ratto, Whitey, and for Damon, we are presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.